Welcome to Employed, a podcast about careers. Whether you're at a point of having to make a career choice or you simply like to hear what others are passionate about, Employed is about the workers who make up our nation's economy. That's one of the most important things I hope to give all of my patients when they come in, is I want them to know that when they tell me they hurt, I believe them. Their experiences are valid. Thank you so much, Jen, for coming onto the podcast. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Jen Beathers, and I'm a physical therapist assistant, also known as a PTA, and I'm also a therapeutic pain specialist. I typically work in outpatient physical therapy. So I guess in a nutshell, can you explain the difference between your role and a physical therapist? Yeah, so they are separate careers. And I often liken it to the difference between an MD and a PA. So I am a licensed healthcare professional, and I do see my own caseload of patients or clients, but I work under the direction of a physical therapist. And depending on the healthcare setting I'm in, that kind of dictates how much supervision they require, mostly for insurance purposes. So most of the time, in most states, you just have to be able to reach your supervising PT by phone or email if you have a question. But um, other times they allow, they require that they be in the building with you. As far as the scope of my practice versus a physical therapist, a physical therapist will do the evaluate, the initial evaluation whenever a patient comes in. And they also will do the discharge when the patient leaves, just to make sure everything's good before we sign off and say, you're good to go. They also establish the plan of care, which is what I follow. But depending on the relationship you have with your supervising PT, that plan of care can be really spelled out or pretty general. Because I worked with the physical therapist I did for such a long time, we understood each other's level of knowledge. And she would often just tell me, you know, this is the part of their body they need to work on. And this is what I want you to focus on. And the means to do that were left up to me. So what made you interested in this? Uh, So honestly, I was a really clumsy athlete growing up. So I was a competitive swimmer and I actually broke several bones. (laughs) and um, pulled some muscles and did some other things that required me to go to physical therapy. And I just fell in love with it. It was just, to me, it was common sense that no one had ever told me. And that's what I like about physical therapy is it makes sense uh, when you explain it to people. It's very easy to understand because it's very natural. And I think it's a great way to approach healthcare because you're empowering people to take care of themselves, especially if it's something that could happen in the future, like they roll their ankle again, or if they have ongoing pain, either low back pain or something like that. Part of the reason I love physical therapy is because I'm not just there to fix somebody. I'm there to give them the tools so that they can heal and themselves and they can go on with their lives. And I also think it's, it's just a lot of fun. I get to, I get to meet the most fascinating people Okay, so what education and experience is required to become a PTA? So that's another reason why um, I think PTA is a great option if you like physical therapy, but you don't necessarily want to do the seven years of school that being a, a doctor of physical therapy requires. PTA is an associate's degree. So I actually have my bachelor's as well, but a PTA program is a two-year associate's program. It is very fast paced, uh, similar to what a graduate level pace would be, but it's, it's a really, I think it's a really good deal money and time wise for the amount of expertise you get and the fact that you do come out of it a licensed healthcare professional. So when you, when you go to PTA school, 
you'll do kind of your general education you would do for any degree. And then it's usually a 16 month program with your classes and your clinical on hands-on experience in the field. And then after you complete your education, you're then qualified to take the national licensing exam. It's very similar to the national licensing exam that physical therapists have to take just with it's pared down to be within the scope of practice of, of a PTA. And then after you do that, you have, you can apply for and get your license. So I, I, I think the money is a big factor. I mean, that's not why 99% of us go into healthcare, but it is an important factor because on average, PTA school costs about $10,000. PT school can be upwards of $200,000 to $300,000 because you do have to get the bachelor's degree and then you have to do a graduate doctorate program. And that doesn't include moving expenses, living expenses, typically for residencies in PT it's not uncommon to travel all over the country. Whereas with my PTA program, my furthest clinical program was 45 minutes from my house. What was that licensing process like? Did you feel like you had to prepare a lot for it? Yes. So most programs, mine included, prepare you for the test as part of your education, but it is a very difficult test. As someone who's taken the GRE, I felt that I had to put the same, if not more, preparation into this test because it, uh, it's about the same level of difficulty, but it's much more specialized information. The hardest part for me about the PTA exam is they don't tell you how many questions you have to get right to pass it. They make the test varying degrees of difficulty each year, and they have a set pass rate. And if you pass, you pass. If you fail, you can request your score so that you know how much you need to study to take it. But you don't go in saying, I know I have to get 70% or 90% to pass, you just go in having to know as much information as possible, which I think makes for good clinicians, but it is a very stressful process. Sure. And you mentioned that you have a bachelor's degree. What is your bachelor's degree in? And would you recommend that track for others in order to stand out? Yeah. So I have a bachelor's degree in exercise science. I originally did that because I was going to be a physical therapist. I was taking those classes and, and I chose that major because I was preparing to do a doctorate program. My junior year of my bachelor's, I discovered the position of PTA and found that it was just a better fit for me personality wise. And so I finished my bachelor's, but then I went and did my associates afterwards. So I did it a little bit backwards from how most people do it. But I think more education is always a good thing. Um, I know a lot of PTAs who they get their degree and their license and then they finish their bachelor's while they're working as a PTA. I think it's a valuable thing because, so a physical therapist only recently became a doctorate. I think it's been four, maybe five years. I could be wrong. It could be a little bit longer, but it used to be a master's. And so to me, it follows the natural course that sometime in the near future, PTA is going to become a bachelor's degree. It's going to be a bachelor level position because the knowledge and the level of education you need for the position is already near bachelor level. Uh, my associate's degree was only six credits less than my bachelor's because you have to put so many man hours into the clinical and the, the hands-on part of the profession. And so I think it's, an, it's, it's a good thing, but it's not something you would have to get right away if you wanted to be a PTA. And a lot of community colleges and state colleges that offer PTA programs actually have transition programs 
that go either into a health sciences degree, health promotion, or some similar field so that you can apply all of your PTA credits, which are fairly specialized in their education, towards a bachelor's so you don't have to completely start over because that is a lot of extra time and money. Oh, that's great to know. It sounds like this can really be used as a stepping stone for some people. Yeah, it is. And I get asked a lot of the time if PTA is a position you do before you become a physical therapist. And they are separate careers, but you can use it as a stepping stone if you want. PTA is a separate degree, but it is still an associate's degree. And it covers a lot of the prerequisites you would need before you apply to graduate school anyway. And so if you decided you did want to become a doctor of physical therapy, you could then complete the bachelor's plus any extra requirements you need and apply for graduate school that way. So in that sense, it is a stepping stone, but you don't need to become a PT if you're a PTA. I absolutely love being a PTA. And I think a lot of it comes down to personality. If you want to be a PTA, it's a really great way to interact with people on a daily basis. But because it is a fairly new profession in healthcare, you do have to be willing to advocate for yourself and kind of explain your position to a lot of healthcare providers, either PTs who haven't worked with PTAs before or other healthcare providers. When I was hired at my first job, I was the first PTA they had ever hired. And the PT who hired me knew the scope of my practice and she and I had a really good working relationship, but I worked at a multidisciplinary clinic. So we had lots of other healthcare professions in the building. And I had to explain to a lot of them kind of what my role was, that I was a licensed healthcare professional and that I would be happy to see their patients. They just had to send them to our PT first. They, she had to evaluate them and then she would send them my way and I would work with them. I absolutely loved working in a multidisciplinary clinic because it was a great opportunity for me to learn as well as those I worked with to learn about, about my profession because it is fairly new compared to a lot of other healthcare professions. What demographics do you typically see in this career field? Do you feel that it's uh, male or female dominated and what age ranges do you typically see? On average, most PTAs are in their 30s, but I will say in my cohort at school, we had a pretty large age gap. We had a big chunk of students that were fresh out of high school, and so they were fairly young, but we also had a lot of parents that were returning to the workforce. Between our youngest and oldest members of my cohort, I think was about 20 years of age. But on average, um, PTA is currently more women than men. Nationally, I think it's about 65 to 75% women. More men are entering the field, and I think for physical therapists, it is it is closer to even, but in general, rehab tends to be greater percentages of women. What's the range of salary that someone can typically expect to make as a PTA? So the salary as a PTA actually varies quite a bit. Uh, the average nationwide is about 50000 but that can go as low as 30000 and upwards of 70000 so it can be a pretty big gap. And the, the main factor in that is the setting you work in, but it also depends on what part of the country you're in kind of the general rule is that the further east you go, the higher the pay will be. And that has more to do with the fact that the Western states are very heavily saturated in the physical therapy fields. The nice thing is the level of education you would get for, to be a PTA would be the same across the country. The salary 
as far as setting goes, outpatient tends to pay the least. And this is just because most outpatient clinics are either privately owned or they don't get as much reimbursement from insurance companies. And so they just don't make as much money and can't pay their employees the same way that a big corporate hospital could or a skilled nursing facility. You're also dealing with much more complex patients when you're working in um, a skilled nursing facility or a hospital, whether that's long-term rehab, acute injuries, anything like that. And so the pay reflects that it's a more complex job. How is your progress measured? Who are you managed by? Like I said earlier, all PTAs work under the supervision of a physical therapist, but depending on the situation you work in, what your setting is, that can vary. Um, At my last clinic, I worked under our director of physical therapy, who was our head physical therapist, but there were two other PTs in our department. And so I would, whoever did the evaluation for my patient is who I would report to for that particular patient or client. But overall, if we had something, I would report to our director because she was over our whole sector of the clinic. As far as progress being measured, most clinics measure your progress on how many patients a day you're seeing, how well you do your documentation, and how efficient you are at doing your documentation. Another aspect of that is how well your patients are progressing. So in physical therapy, we set what we call short-term and long-term goals for our clients. And those are benchmarks to help them measure their progress, as well as to provide proof to insurance that they are progressing and there's actually a need for them to come to physical therapy. And so a lot of times uh, my progress is measured by, okay, are my patients meeting their goals? And if they're not, is that because of something I need to change or is it due to some other reason, either with the patient's health or other outside reasons? And what are your typical work hours before COVID? Yeah, before COVID. So um, I typically work full-time, but it varies a lot on your setting. If you work as needed, which is how I started out, you can work as few or as many hours as you want. Uh, those upper limits differ by state. I think in Utah, it was up to 60 hours a week if I wanted. And lots of clinics employ PTAs part-time as well. But most PTAs I know personally work full-time and they typically work an eight-hour day. It's a pretty standard schedule. Unless you work in emergency care or home health, most of the time you only work during the weekdays. You have your weekends off, you have your nights off, and that's one of the other things I do like about physical therapy in healthcare is that it doesn't require odd hours if you don't want it to. Now, I know I do know PTAs who work night shifts at hospitals and do home health on weekends, but in general, most of us work Monday through Friday and then we go home for the weekend, which to me was very appealing. <laughs> Yeah, one of the few positions in healthcare that doesn't require on-call or night shifts or things like that. Yes, and and sometimes there are those that choose those positions in, as a PTA, but I like the flexibility that's involved that you can you can find the type of position that would suit your lifestyle. Walk me through an average day at your job as well as maybe an average session with one of your patients. So one of the things I love about my job is that it does have um, a form of consistency in how my schedule is set out, but every day is a completely new adventure. 
So most mornings I come in and I'll review my paperwork for the day of which patients I'm going to see just to make sure I remember who's on my schedule. I remember what we talked about last time they came in and kind of just where they are in their progress. And that's something that I think is really important in hands-on professions like physical therapy, because I don't always have my laptop handy. And I also don't want to be disengaged with a patient while they're telling me something important to say, oh, let me check something on my computer real quick. So I always make sure I read through what I did with each of my patients the last time they came in before the day starts. And then I'll see my patients throughout the day. Typically I see people for about 45 minutes, but that can be longer or shorter depending on their situation. Like I said, it's kind of an adventure each day because If you have a patient show up, you don't know what has happened in their life between the times you saw them last. And so you can have a patient who was doing really well, and then they'll come into you and you can just tell that they're in a lot of pain or something has happened, or they come in and they are a completely different person because something great has happened in their life. So that's usually where I start with my appointments is I'll talk to my patients and say, you know, what's been happening since the last time I saw you? And a lot of times this focuses on, you know, how is your homework going that I've given you, whether that's exercises or relaxation or stretches, but it's also, how are you feeling about life in general? That kind of gives me a good sense of where I need to steer treatment for the day. Because if I have a patient who comes in and is just exhausted because their baby kept them up all night, or they had to work an extra shift at their job, I'm not going to push them as hard as if they had come in and said, you know, I just got a new job or I got a puppy and I love it. And it's really nice to be able to tailor treatment to what people need that day while also keeping their long-term goals in mind. After I talk to my patients, we'll usually do some sort of warm up, whether that's riding the exercise bike or stretching or reviewing our relaxation techniques. And depending on what that warm up is, sometimes I'll talk to them while they're doing that. After the warm up, then we'll move into a series of exercises and stretches that are designed to help with whatever they're coming to see me for, whether that's low back pain or an ankle sprain or a broken wrist. And we'll customize it to not only which muscles and joints we need to work, but also to their level of pain and just kind of how they're feeling as a person overall that day. And then if we need to, um, then I will bring in the physical therapist to do hands-on therapy. The nice thing about a PTA and a PT team is that we can swap patients if we need to. Usually this involves me doing exercises and stretches and relaxation techniques with patients. And then we'll bring the physical therapist in to do the hands-on therapy, such as spinal mobilizations or any kind of tissue manipulation, I will switch patients with the physical therapist. So I will go exercise with her patient while she will come and work on my patient. And then after a patient is done for the day, we'll usually assign some sort of homework, whether that's breathing exercises or a task we want them to try and do if it's a goal they have, such as I had a patient who her big goal was to be able to walk to her son's skate park without having back pain. And so after we'd worked together for a while, we set the goal that she was going to try and walk to the skate park one day a week. And that was her homework. 
Other times I will print off pictures and instructions of exercises that I'll give to patients and say, okay, I want you to do these four exercises once or twice a day for the next week until I see you again. Then we'll send them on their way to see how they can implement it into their lives. And we just go from there. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I really enjoyed the part where you talked about, you know, assessing their emotional well-being. I think we often forget how much of uh, a role our physical abilities or limitations can impact us emotionally or vice versa. So I, I appreciate that you take that time to, to see how, how people are feeling. Absolutely. And that's actually part of my training as a therapeutic pain specialist, because I think one of the big hurdles we have in Western medicine is we often treat the injury, not the person. This is something that I will say, I think in general, occupational therapists are fantastic at, and I, I think physical therapy is trying to catch up in. I think it is valuable to understand and recognize people's pain and to validate it and say, you know, I get that your back hurts more today because you had a rough week emotionally, because you are not a low back pain problem. You are not anxiety. You are not whatever your current issue is. That's just a part of what's going on. And you are a whole human being. Yeah. Your pain is going to be worse when you're stressed and that's okay. That's normal. That's one of the most important things I hope to give all of my patients when they come in is I want them to know that when they tell me they hurt, I believe them, their experiences are valid and that it doesn't matter whether someone has told them that they're being a wuss with the pain or telling them that they don't need therapy because it's too expensive. My objective is just to validate their experiences and help them so that they can improve their quality of life. What's a good day that stands out to you or what was a moment in your career that just really validated to you that you had chosen the right career path? You know, one of the most rewarding things people ever tell me is when they feel like they're ready to finish physical therapy. And I love helping people find confidence in their own abilities and feeling like they can move on with their lives with the skill sets they've learned in physical therapy. One of my goals is to work myself out of a job because I want people to feel confident that if they ever have another physical issue, that they are either comfortable enough to come back to physical therapy or they already feel like they have the tools to handle the problem on their own. I think there's something very empowering about knowing that you can help yourself. One of my favorite patients came to me and she, she had had low back pain and neck pain for about six years, so severe to the point where she'd actually put her college education on hold. And I'd been seeing her for several months and it was very up and down. Some days I felt like I wasn't making any progress with her. And other days it was like, oh yeah, she's doing a little bit better. And one day she came in and told me she had registered for college classes for the next semester because she felt like even though she still hurt, she had the abilities and the tools to be able to still go back to school. And it was something she wanted to do and she was working towards. And then she surprised me even further by telling me that since the last time I'd seen her, she had gotten a gym membership and she was going to the gym. I was just so incredibly happy for her, but it was also really rewarding for me because sometimes I feel like the things I tell people don't always click, that they feel I don't relate to their situation or I don't believe them when they say they hurt. 
And that can be very frustrating when I do care deeply about my patients and I want their lives to improve. And so it was a very rewarding moment for her to kind of have made what seemed like a 180, but in reality was her picking up bits and pieces of what I was trying to teach her throughout the months. And then more importantly, her choosing to implement it in her life. And I was so happy that day. We totally hugged it out and it was a day I will remember. (laughs) That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's often easy for a lot of us to feel that we are not making an impact uh, in our jobs, especially when we're working with other people. And so that has to be incredibly validating just to see, you know, someone else making a big change in their life because of the tools and resources you provided them. So what's maybe a bad day or a challenge that you often face? Because our appointments are a good chunk of time, conversations with my clients can often get really deep and personal, especially with my patients who are experiencing chronic or persistent pain, which as a pain specialist is what I see most of the time. They often have really rough lives with a lot going on. I've also worked a lot with people who are experiencing homelessness. And you have to learn to set up emotional boundaries so you don't get overwhelmed. Uh, I remember one day I had a client who came in and during our treatment, she just continually asked for water. And so I was constantly getting her cups of water. And I was a little confused because I wasn't exercising her that vigorously. So after a few more probing questions, I found out she had actually been skipping meals at the shelter to come to my appointments because the front desk had offered lunchtime appointments and she didn't want to be an inconvenience. So she had just said yes. And this patient was seeing me three times a week. And because I worked in a multidisciplinary clinic at the time, she was also seeing other healthcare providers during other meal times. And this was an older lady, sweetest lady ever. We finished our session. I got her a granola bar and I went out to the front desk and we switched all of her future appointments. But that was definitely a night I, I went home and cried myself to sleep because you don't often realize the sacrifices people make to take care of themselves. And those are very valiant efforts, but it also, it brings home a hard reality of what a lot of the people I work with are going through. And part of the reason why they may have chronic pain in their lives, because they just are overwhelmed with so much going on. Another thing I have to deal with on a fairly regular basis is people do get angry with me. I think part of that is because most people come to physical therapy in pain. They're either in a lot of pain or they're physically limited and can't do what they want to do with their lives. And you have to be very patient and compassionate and you have to learn to not take it personally because even though I've only been doing this a few years, I have learned that people are only mean or angry when they're hurt or scared. That's part of my job as a physical therapist assistant is to reduce that fear and to reduce that hurt. It can be emotionally draining. And some days I can do my best and still feel like I've not made a difference. I've had patients come to appointments angry and they leave angry. (laughs) But if they're willing to come back and give me another shot, what I did at that appointment will still usually make a difference. And to me, that's kind of the long-term perspective I try to keep in mind because Those days can be hard when you have a patient come in and yell at you or tell you that you're just in it to make them hurt or things that deep down, you know, aren't true. And they're saying from a place of pain and fear. And so you do have to set up those boundaries and those days can be rough sometimes. 
And you've touched on this response a little bit, how you like where you're at in your career, but are there certain promotions or positions that people generally try to work up towards in the field of PTA? So the therapy fields require continual learning. As part of your license in physical therapy, you have to get a certain number of continuing education credits to keep your license valid. So for me as a PTA, that's 20 credits every two years. Some states require a little bit of extra on top of that. And then physical therapists usually have double whatever the PTAs are required. And because the continual learning is part of the profession, most people use that to further themselves in the field they want to specialize in. For me, that's pain conditions. Uh, So as part of my continuing education, I recently became certified as a therapeutic pain specialist. From there, I want to now work on either getting a certification in yoga or Pilates or aquatic therapy, some, some other type of specialty that can help with my patients I see for my, my pain load. Uh, PTAs can be in administrative positions, um, especially in skilled nurse facilities and some hospitals. They often lead multidisciplinary teams or they head departments. But for me personally, like you said, I I love working in patient care and I want to stay in patient care as much as possible. So I prefer to specialize in ways that help me treat patients better rather than working towards a specific position within a company. Most PTAs, as far as pay goes, their pay kind of increases just as their experience increases. And as far as change in position administration would be pretty much the only one that I can think of. There are so many unique situations. There could be other positions to work towards, but it really just depends on what you want. For example, I actually began an employee wellness program and I had a lot of the qualifications for that because I have educational background in health and wellness. And so that was a unique opportunity for me to help my coworkers out. I enjoy patient care more, but that would be a really good option for someone if they want to do PTA, but they don't necessarily want to be solidly in patient care. As part of that, I led exercise classes and provided health and wellness resources to my colleagues. And I got to plan really fun events for us to go and bond over. And so that's another non-traditional option that you could take if you work in, in physical therapy as a PTA. Do you have any advice for someone who might be interested in becoming a PTA? I would say that a good place to start would be looking at the difference between a PT and a PTA, because most people don't look at PTA unless they're already interested in physical therapy to some degree. And there are differences between the two, and they're both amazing professions, but they are, they are different. There's an article by Jennifer Bresnik on theptstudent.com. And I think it's a three or four part article that goes over the difference between a PT and a PTA, as well as the path that you have to take to get to those careers. And I think it's a very valuable resource. The numbers may be a little outdated because the economy is always changing, but I think she gives a good overall of the personalities the money required, the money you'll earn, the education requirements. And so I would say that's a good resource to go to if you're thinking about being a PT or a PTA. And I think another important aspect to realize is that most people do not get into physical therapy school their first try. 
Um, it takes the average person three, three years of applying to get into a doctorate program, whereas PTA school is usually a little bit easier because not as many people know about it. My cohort in school only had 24 spots, and we didn't even get enough applicants to fill those spots. And there's usually multiple schools in the region that have them. They're usually at community and state colleges. So they're a lot cheaper than private schools. So that's just another thing to consider when you're looking at a career that you can get into quickly, where you can be a licensed professional and make a livable wage. And you also don't have the student debt that most PTs do coming out of school. I had a friend who looked at it once and he estimated that he was making more as a PTA his first couple of years than the PT he worked under just because he didn't have that large amount of debt. I would also look at the difference between the fields of occupational therapy and physical therapy. They were born out of the same idea of rehab, but their approaches can be very different. And I think it's important to know what's going to suit you as a person best. Occupational therapy tends to focus more on people's activities of daily living, whereas physical therapy, we're focused more kind of on the biomechanics and the physical aspects of people's lives and their level of function. So for example, if you had someone who had a stroke, they might go to physical therapy to work more on learning how to walk again or how to strengthen their shoulders so they don't have dislocations in the future. Whereas they'd go to an occupational therapist to work more on their fine motor skills, like learning how to write again, or their cognitive skills, such as processing for math or language. And Sometimes they would also work on speech things if a speech pathologist isn't available. I think physical therapy is getting more holistic in that sense, where we are starting to do more of those types of things. But in general, I think it's good just to look at the two and see uh, which one fits you best. It's my personal opinion, if you get someone, either an OT or an OTA and a PT or a PTA, and you put the two of them together, you have an unstoppable team. A big thank you to Jen for donating her time to the show. Check out the episode notes for a link to the article mentioned in this episode, written by Jennifer Bresnick, titled, Should I Be a PT or a PTA? Follow us on Instagram at Employed Podcast and visit our website, employedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.